I can't believe I got through it, but it was probably the best exposure therapy that you could ever have for an anxiety disorder. Not, not to mention the first time the show it. Watching this, you know, Sarah had rented a, a bar with 150 of our friends and family and a big screen television gets to the end of the show and you know everyone's cheering and high-fiving and I, I leaned over and I whispered in Sarah's ear, that was terrible, nobody's gonna watch this Hi, it's Tony Chapman and you're listening to Life Matters. On this show, I chat with ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. And we apply what they've learned to help us get to where we need and deserve to go. Text me at any time at 71010 and I'll do my best to write you back. You're listening to the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. And this is Life Matters with Tony Chapman presented by RBC. So how do you go from hammering nails to hammering out international TV deals? To becoming one of the biggest stars in specialty TV with your show syndicated all over the world? How do you go from being a teenager at age 14, building your family's cottage from the ground up and starting your own handyman business, to today in your 40s being an entrepreneur extraordinaire? And finally, how do you make a life-changing decision with your wife in five minutes with the possibility of risking everything that you have. Living in paradise sounds amazing, (laughs) but there's a lot more to it than just coconut-based drinks and mini umbrellas. You do that and much more if you're the extraordinary Brian Baumler. We need to make sure we enjoy the last little bit of the journey, of this journey that we've been on. (laughs) This is more than a journey. This is insanity. <laughs> you know, I, I think we're through the really hard stuff. If I know anything about building and you and I, there's still going to be some challenges in the next few months ahead of us. Life Matters is also available as a podcast. Download and listen to the latest episode. Find it using your iHeartRadio Canada app. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Life Matters. In this show, I talk to ordinary people who do extraordinary things. One of these people is Brian Baumler, my guest today. Brian, welcome to Life Matters. Well, thanks for having me. Before we get into your incredible success, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, north of Oakville, Ontario, in a tiny little hamlet called Norval. There was uh, maybe a few hundred, few hundred homes out in the in the farm fields, just you know, forty-five minutes uh, west of Toronto. Have they named a street after you yet? They haven't, but I, I should look into that. <laughs> so I was doing a little research on you. You've been swinging a hammer since you were a kid. Now most kids grow up swinging a bat or playing with a hockey stick. What made you fall in love with building things? Well, growing up, my dad was a uh, sheet metal technician for aircraft. And he he had a company that would uh, do modifications and repairs to private military airplanes. So we were surrounded by tools, you know, our, our entire life. Uh, some of our favorite times, I think, were, uh, you know, my brothers and I sneaking into my dad's shop and, and just playing with different tools and building things and and, uh, you know, on weekends going into the shop with dad to, uh, he used to hand us a, a big magnet and say, get in behind the shear and separate the aluminum and the, and the steel. And then we'd play with the welders. And so it, it just did to me, toys were tools, building things were something tangible you could do at the, you know, at the end of your project, you would have, uh, 
have something put together that you could look and feel and it was tactile. Do you think that was a big part of who you are today is that you had that chance to get into that factory with your dad? I think it was a, a huge part. I mean, you know, spending time with my dad on the shop floor with the tools, creating things, but also then spending time in the office with my mom who was, you know, accounting for everything and, and putting all the numbers on paper. Do you think we're doing enough with this next generation to sort of teach him those survival instincts and that having this resilience, having an ability to make things and do things? Definitely not. The problem now is people are so connected online and, you know, sitting, staring at their devices and it's hard to get kids outside. And, and there's also, you know, families where both parents are working and they're they're gone the entire time and they may be in careers where they, they can't bring their kids into the shop or the office and engage them in interesting activities there to, to really foster that. Brian, I know you spend a lot of time talking to kids in school. And one of the lessons you share is their need to learn how to fish and farm. Explain what you mean. My dad used to say to me, you know, it's, it's the farmer that really knows how to, how to survive. He's out there planting seeds and, and he spends nine months hungry, you know, working from 5 a.m. To, to dark. And, and eventually he gets that, that harvest. He understands that what he puts into this now and the sacrifices he makes now, he's going to be paid back in spades. You know, there's people that go out on the boat and throw one or two casts and they say, there's no fish in this lake, let's go home. And then they see someone come back at the end of the day in the dark, you know, with a boat full of fish and they say, wow, you, you must be nice. And it really is about farming. It's putting in that time and making the sacrifices now. And it's about fishing. It's about if you want fish for dinner, you have to fish. I have never in my life had a fish just jump in the boat. You have to go after it. You have to put the work in. You have to do the repetition. Grind it out until you've got that bag full of fish. It's Tony Chapman, Life Matters. Text me at 71010. And please tell me what matters to you. Talking to Brian Baumler, if you've just tuned in, uh, this is somebody that since age 14 has been swinging a hammer. But then you take this pivot. You go off and do a university degree in poli-sci and business. How did it go from wanting to build things to trying to build a country? I mean, what was the motivation? <laughs> well, it was interesting. We wore a suit and tie to school every day, and success was measured in the type of car that your, your parents drove or the size of the house or things like that. The unspoken joke there was, you know, if you screw up in here in this classroom, you'll end up out there, you know, working with those maintenance guys that are mowing the lawn and fixing the fences. And in my head, having grown up with the maintenance guy as my hero, I thought, well, damn, I, I want to work with the maintenance guys. It's incongruous here. It doesn't make sense. But when it came time to sit down with the guidance counselor and he said, what do you want to do with your life? You know, the first thought that popped into my head was, I want a nice car. And my dad's lawyer has a nice car. So I should be a lawyer. I prepped myself to go to law school. And after university, I took a year off. I had opened an air cargo company and I realized I I can't sit at the desk my entire life. I need to use my hands and, and do something. So I went back to George Brown Technical College, and that, that was it. I went out and uh, I, I bought a big flashy pickup truck and a big trailer, and I loaded it with tools. And I remember my, my dad came over, and my, my dad was a, he was a pretty frugal guy. He looked at this big, shiny truck in this trailer, and on the side of the truck, I had put my company name, Baumler Quality Construction. And his company was Baumler Quality Sheet Metal. And he pointed at the truck and he said, do you see that? And I thought I was about to get a, you know, a tongue lashing for spending all this money before I had made it. And I said, yeah, dad, it's, you know, it's image. You got to have something nice. You know, you got to, you got to market the company. He said, no, that's my name. Don't F it up. <laughs> what a great story. Yeah, it was funny. My mom then piped in and she said, and keep your nose clean. 
And what she meant by that, apart from literally, was show up when you say you'll be there, do what you say you'll do, uh, cash the check, pay your taxes, and go do it again tomorrow. And it's impossible to screw up if you keep your nose clean and if you fish and you farm, something bad happens, you get up and you, you keep doing it. You'll get whatever success you want. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, and you're listening to Life Matters. Text me at any time at 71010, and I'll get back to you, or connect with me at chatterthatmatters.ca. Today, we're chatting with Brian Baumler. Coming up, I'm going to ask him how he went from hammering nails to hammering out international TV deals. We'll be right back. Life Matters with Tony Chapman will return in a moment on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. This whole building thing is really not part of my plans here. I don't even know where I would begin. Al, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. Download the latest episode of Life Matters as a podcast from your iHeartRadio Canada app. Presented by RBC. Now more with Tony Chapman. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Life Matters. Text me at any time at 71010 or connect with me at chatterthatmatters.ca. Brian Baumler's in the studio and I'm going to spend some time understanding how he went from being a contractor to having some of the top television shows on specialty TV. Even though they both want a reno, they're far from agreeing on what it is they want. He's got all kinds of plans. Our plans are different than his plans. <laughs> Let the games begin. Well, luckily, this reno is up to me. Brian, welcome back. <laughs> Perfect. So you start a couple of construction businesses. You're very successful at it. How did that turn into a TV career? I had five employees. And uh, we were working away, and I was watching these television shows on HGTV. You know, this was back in the early days before it kind of exploded. And I would see an electrician, you know, show up and, and, and do a five minutes of work, and, and a plumber would come in for five minutes of work. And the host of the show would point at them and say, if you need a plumber, this is the only plumber in the world that can do what you need him to do. And I thought, look at the marketing these guys are getting from putting in a little bit of time. So I... Uh, I, I created this, this email. I still have a copy of the email in my office. My name is Brian. I own a construction company. I have five employees. Four of them have all of their teeth. Uh, three of them are funny. Um, but every single one of them knows exactly what they're doing, and they work hard every day. Uh, I would be honored to come and provide all of your construction labor for free for three months in exchange for some advertising. I got a call back a few days later. From, a, from the producer, Frank, who is now my partner in the, in the production and distribution company. And he said, listen, we want to come down and interview you. I said, we're working on a, a big house job down the street. He, he came by with a camera, a small you know, camera and a production assistant. And he put this camera in my face. He said, tell me what's happening here. We had quoted a job for about $600,000. I 
the homeowner said, you're crazy, that's too expensive. Can I get the number of your demo guy, your framer, your insulator, your electrician? And I said, that's not how it works. Fast forward, six months later, he called me in tears and said, this whole thing is a mess, I need you to come and take it over. And we had to go backwards, you know, the, the drywallers had finished, but the plumbers and electrician hadn't finished their rough-ins, you know, the site was a mess, and they didn't have permits. So we ripped this place apart, we're putting it back together, and this is when Frank, my partner, shows up with the camera, and he says, tell me what happened here. And I just, I, I, I did me, I pointed at the home, and I said, well, Bonehead here thought he'd build his own house, and he screwed it up so badly, he called me back six months later in tears, and now he's going to pay me twice what he would have paid me the first time. And, uh, and they looked at him, and he just said, yeah. And that was it. Frank said, okay, I think I've seen enough. And I thought, uh, I've screwed this up. But uh, I got a call a week later from the head of um, content and programming at HGTV in Canada, Anna Jason, and uh, she said to me, how would you like to have your own show on HGTV? And uh, I said, let me, let me think about this. You're going to give me work to do. You're going to pay me to do the work. You're going to film us doing that work. You're going to edit it to make me look perfect. And you're going to broadcast that to my target audience. I said, where do I sign? So that was it. We signed, signed a three-year deal for Disaster DIY, the very first show uh, back in 2005. Are you ready? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Here's the thing to remember about the sprayer. The paint comes out a lot faster than it does out of a brush. Okay. Go light on the trigger. Start moving first mm -hmm. and just tap the trigger. Keep moving. Don't stop. Or you're gonna have a big load of paint on the door. That's a lot of paint. <laughs> That's a lot of paint. So you strike me as this natural marketer. You're you're constantly, as you say, uh, fishing for opportunities. You get at this opportunity. What was it like when the reality hit that you had to now go in front of a camera and and make things happen, knowing that there's a director there often saying cut, changing the lighting, making sure you've got powder on your forehead so it doesn't shine. That was interesting. We showed up day one, um, and uh, I was standing in my trailer with my five employees. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And all of a sudden, I have an arm on my shirt, sticking a microphone on my chest, and a lady dabbing powder on my forehead, and uh, another person standing there reading, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. And my partner, Frank, came in and said, okay, uh, let's do this. And that's the moment I remembered that I have a severe anxiety disorder and my pulse went from 60 to 360 and I was sweating, you know, in a massive panic attack. And I thought I can't do this. Uh, and I looked at Frank and I said, what do I, what do I do? And he said, it's, it's pretty easy. Get in your truck, come around the corner, knock on the door. The wife is going to show you what her husband did. Uh, you're going to, you know, have a good laugh. Then you're going to grab the husband, show him what he did wrong and make him fix it. And I said, well, I can do that, no problem. But the first three years of that show were a massive anxiety attack. Um, you know, just internally, I was, I was about to die at every stage, at every step. Um, you know, I felt terrible most days and just, just, it was, I can't believe I got through it, but it was probably the best exposure therapy that you could ever have for an anxiety disorder. Not, not to mention the first time the show aired. Um, Watching this, you know, Sarah had rented a, a bar with 150 of our friends and family and a big screen television. And we're watching the show come on and there's cheering and it gets to the end of the show and, you know, everyone's cheering and high-fiving. And I, I leaned over and I whispered in Sarah's ear, that was terrible. Nobody's going to watch this. But it, uh, you know, it did well. And, um, and they wanted another season and another season. Uh, and, and that was kind of the, that was the seed we sowed. 
How do you ever get used to watching yourself on camera? You know, we got to a point years ago where I used to go through all the rough cuts and say, oh, I, I've got a bit of a, a, a belly there. Or, you know, I've got a bit of a double chin or I, I don't like the way I said that. We got to a point where I said, you know what, let's let our production team produce. Let's let them edit. Let's put the, let them, you know, add the music they want and the drama they want and the cuts they want. And uh, let's not worry about it. Let's just do what we do. And, you know, the film crew has really become part of our family. And let, let's just let it let it happen and, and show what happens if we agree, if we disagree. And and that's kind of how we do it. What advice can you give our listeners on how to overcome anxiety when you find yourself on a path or trail that you've never been on? I was at the point in my early 20s of, you know, agoraphobic. I could barely leave my apartment and you know, half an hour later, my pulse is up and I'm sweating and I've got to run back to safety or, you know, I'm, I'm wondering where the hospitals are and, and you know, who's going to find my body. I think I just got to the point where I said, you know what, if, if my heart's going to stop, if I'm going to have a stroke, if my head's going to explode, if my, you know, whatever's going to happen, at least I'll catch it on camera. But this is what I have to do. I have to eat. I got to pay my mortgage. I, I have goals. I have dreams and aspirations. So, um, I've just got to kind of push through it. And slowly, anxiety is almost like a, a monster under your bed. And I think if you put your foot down and let it bite your ankle and, and attack you for a while and just go on about your business, eventually it, it, it gets bored of, of messing with you. And it just, it just slowly starts to back off, you know, like a, like a friend you don't pay attention to anymore. And, and all of a sudden, one day you realize, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that guy in a couple of months. Hi, you're listening to Tony Chapman. It's Life Matters. Text me at any time, 71010. Coming up, I asked Brian Baumler, someone who has it all. I mean, entrepreneurial, TV deals, just renovated a brand new home, cottage. Everything's going well. Goes on a vacation with his wife, Sarah, and four kids. And five minutes later, they make a life decision that changes everything. Does it work out? We'll be right back. When we landed here, it was myself and Sarah and our four kids, and we actually had another couple and, and their daughter with us. And as soon as we came out of the airport, you know, we met uh, just the most amazing, warm, welcoming people. And we, we had this feeling like we were back home. Life Matters with Tony Chapman will return in a moment on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Tony Chapman and a big thank you to RBC for sponsoring Life Matters. Speaking of matters, I have a question for you. You check in on your family, the status of your health or car. When was the last time you did a check-in with your finances? Well, RBC check-in is a virtual experience with no obligation. I got answers to all of my money questions, big and small, and I now have a plan for my future. Book a check-in at rbc.com slash check-in. You're listening to Life Matters with Tony Chapman. This show, I talk to ordinary people who do extraordinary things. One of these people is Brian Baumler, my guest today. Brian, you're at the top of the game. You've got a successful production company. You're a creator, writer, producer, international television star. Take me back to that time. You're on holiday in the Bahamas. You're on the water where you love to be. 
with your wife and four kids and you make a decision in five minutes that absolutely changes all of your lives. We were floating around in the in the Bahamas in the Dumas. And I'm I'm the guy that's always looking for the path less trodden, you know, the the uh, the more difficult route, the place that people aren't. And uh, there's this island in the Bahamas called Andros, and it's the sleeping giant. It's bigger than all 700 other islands of the Bahamas combined, but it is the least populated and the least developed island. And just a, an incredibly beautiful place. It's the first stop from Miami. We're a you know, 30, 40 minute flight directly from Miami or Fort Lauderdale. I thought, how can this place be here with an airport that has customs, with a harbor that's dug, with a, a paved highway, with a great power grid and city water, but there's nothing here. And uh, Dennis, who, who was driving us around, said, oh, there's, a, there's an old hotel for sale. It's right next to Lyndon Pindling, the, the first prime minister of the Bahamas, right next to his old house. And we drove in, we were, we were here less than five minutes, and I looked at Sarah and I said, we should buy this place. Yeah, let's do it. It was that quick. Brian, we've all had that dream of winning a lottery ticket. What would we do? Or being somewhere and wondering what it would be like to live there. But you didn't just dream it, you did it. Was there a deeper connection than just an adventure? A lot of people said to us, Brian and Sarah, this island needs you. The people need work. It's been stalled since 2008 when the hotel shut down. What else was happening at this time in your life? I guess in your 40s, you're no longer a young man. You're not yet an old man. You're just a man. And I thought, well, we've got five of the number one record-breaking shows on HGTV. We've got a great construction company. We own a custom cabinetry company. We have a corporate referral program for contractors. We're doing endorsements. We have our summer home. And, you know, we have a great life. And the kids are all in private school. And, you know, my, my fishing and farming, now I have them in little suits and ties. You know, things are going great and a beautiful home. And I, I just said, what, what's next? I mean, are we just, do we just continue that on the, the hamster wheel? And, or do we take this crazy path and risk everything and do something completely different and have this amazing adventure where we give the kids so many different experiences and opportunities? You know, a lot of people said, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if the place burns down? What if a hurricane hits it? What if the kids fail school? What if, what if? And I said, what if we spend the next 30 or 40 years doing the exact same thing we're doing? What if? You know, there's an expression in life that curiosity kills the cat. I think it's the opposite. Curious people are always seeking more. The net result is always the same. You know, none of us are coming out of this experience of life a lot. So what we do between now and then, that's the experience. That's life. That's keep you interested and engaged. And that's what we wanted to do. Just do this crazy experience. Brian, that decision wasn't about money. It was a calling. What advice can you give the listeners to listen to their callings, even the tiniest of ones? You know, having had that anxiety in the past, you know, a lot of my 20s were spent feeling mentally or physically like I was going to die any moment. Maybe I developed this sense of like, well, I, I might as well try this because I'll be dead. Maybe that helped me, you know, release all other fears. I've always learned as well, everything is perspective-based. No matter what you have, no matter how much money you have in the bank, no matter you know, how many things you own, if it all disappeared tomorrow, you could still eat. You know, I could still swing a hammer, do anything. I, mean, I told Sarah when our first child was born, I said, if I have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week so that you and our child can eat and have a roof over your head, I'll do that. You just have to look at losing everything doesn't necessarily mean losing everything. It means you have an opportunity now to start over knowing what you know now. 
with dreams also come reality, some harsh realities. Your move was dramatic, wasn't it? You know, we, we come from a, a very large, beautiful home that we had just built in, in Canada. We moved into a 500 square foot bill, all six of us. There have been a lot of times where you have those, those odd dark days where we say, what the hell have we done? What did you do to get past those dark days? You know, if we're all together and we're all healthy and we're all experiencing this thing together, we're together. And home is wherever we are. On the opposite, when you're home and you're on the hamster wheel and everything, you have those days too, where you come home from work and you're like, oh, I can't take this anymore. I don't think anyone on their deathbed has ever said, I wish I'd traveled less. I wish I had risked less. Come down here and to, to buy the hotel was certainly a, a joint decision. You know, we, we discussed it for those five minutes and, uh, and agreed to it and decided on it. Your wife, Sarah, is very involved in the business. How does that work? Who's got influence? Who's got authority? Sarah has been involved in our, in our businesses, you know, our construction design business for since we started. And she has her own design business on the side. She's got a lot of charity work. Sarah and I are kind of like the board members. We, we sit and, and hash it out. And sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't. So how did you get your kids to buy in? I mean, 500 square foot living space, leaving their friends behind? We spent 15 years taking them to the Florida Keys for a month a year. We pulled them out of school a week before March break, and, and we would rent a house for the entire month and spend the days in the boat exploring islands and you know watching baby sharks feed and fishing and, and diving and what have you. We'd go back into a city, into a, a port, and you know within an hour they'd say, can we go back to that island where there was nothing but the iguanas? When we were here with them, and we said, hey, do you guys want to try this out? Let's get this place restored. Let's open it up. Let's live here and, and see what, you know, what that brings. Everybody was excited. The kids were like, this is, wait, we're going to live on the beach in a hotel? This is going to be incredible. It's made all of the kids closer. I think it's made us closer with the kids as well. We know that, that soon, you know, having our kids with us and wanting to be with us is going to be a memory. Doing that now is one of those times we'll never get back. Do you think that's one of the silver linings of COVID is that families are rethinking, rediscovering what, what's important in terms of values versus what they might've thought they valued? I think for sure. You know, if you have all the freedoms in the world until you're locked, you know, on your property and in your basement and spending time together, you don't know the other side of it. And I think, you know, to have comfort and to be comfortable, you need to experience discomfort. If everything was rosy all the time, it, you wouldn't realize how how rosy that is. Everyone wants it to go away, but it's a chance to strengthen your family. It's a chance to get the board games out. It's a chance to try new things and reconnect, but it's also a chance to really screw it up. I'm sitting here moping around, doing nothing, eating bags of chips all day. I got this great opportunity to hit the gym, uh, to play board games and connect with my kids before it's all gone. What is the biggest lesson you've learned through this and all your travels? The more you travel and the more you experience things, you realize that parents all around the world love their kids. Kids all around the world, you know, fight and argue and, and don't want to go to bed on time. Brian, what's next for you and your family? We are working on season three of Islander Brian. We're, we're down here filming. We actually just reopened uh, yesterday, so we have guests at the hotel. Uh, we're all hiding behind the scenes and running around in the forest and back of the house. Since age 14, you've always had something to do. Will you ever, ever slow down? There's a lot of people you know, whose families are, are supported by the work that they do with us. And I always look at people, I say, nobody works for me or for us. We all, you know, we work together. If we just called it a day and pitched a tent on an island, there's, there's a lot of people kind of depend on this machine every day. And Brian, the family man, what's next? You know, once hurricane season has passed, we can, we can get out the boat a little bit. <laughs> just make sure you don't park that boat somewhere 
And five minutes later, you're off on another life-changing adventure. You never know. You never know. Brian Baumler, I'm even more of a fan. Thanks for joining me on Life Matters. Coming up with Life Matters, I'm going to share what I've learned and then spend some more time looking at those big life decisions that are always inside us. And what does it take to turn that dream into reality? We'll be right back. You're listening to the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. We'll be right back with more Life Matters with Tony Chapman. Life Matters with Tony Chapman continues on the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. Hi, it's Tony Chapman and welcome back to Life Matters. Text me at any time at 71010 or you can always connect with me at my website, chatterthatmatters.ca. That site I've populated with 30 podcasts, 35 or 40 videos, all of people providing advice to help you get to where you need and deserve to go. And that was the motivation behind doing the radio show Life Matters. I wanted to talk to ordinary people that find a way to do extraordinary things despite the circumstances that they face. And in doing so, I hope we pull out some great life lessons that we can apply to our life and our career. Some of the life lessons that I've taken away doing all of these shows is how formative those early childhood years are. Time and time again, people who were successful, entrepreneurial, people who were making things happen, give so much credit to their parents that invested time with them in an early age, took them to a factory or a bakery, showed them lessons in life. Like we heard today when Brian's father talked to him about farming and fishing. I have never in my life had a fish just jump in the boat. You have to go after it. You have to put the work in. You have to do the repetition. Grind it out until you've got that bag full of fish. There really are two kinds of people on this world. There's people that make things happen. And there's people that watch and wonder. Now, a lot of circumstances are outside our control. We can't always put our foot forward. But what I see with people that are finding a way through COVID and finding a way through a challenging economy is this incredible sense of fortitude and resilience. This belief in themselves, that, that there's always a silver lining, no matter how dark that COVID cloud appears to be. The other thing I've learned is that they're great communicators. They follow the principles that I've done my entire life as a communication expert. I call it head, heart, and hands. That when they communicate head, they make their ideas easy to understand. Heart, they make it about the person that they're talking to, so they get excited. And hands, they make it easy to buy. Head, heart, and hands. You know, we've all walked around with a lottery ticket and saying, what would I do if I won? Or maybe a windfall or maybe something we didn't ask for, like we just lost our job or we're now working remote instead of going into an office. And when these things happen, these circumstances change, we often wonder, is it time for me to change? Should I pivot? Should we do something different with our life? Should we move out of the city to the country now that I don't have to be close to work? Should we look for a simpler life, downsize? Should we rethink our priorities? And I have to believe that that's happening more and more now as COVID has just completely shattered our sense of normality. So I reached out to Megan Newman, who's the manager of RBC Experiences. Is the new normal, in fact, changing your life? And if so, what does a person have to do to make sure they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's so if they're chasing a new dream, that dream can become reality? Megan, welcome to uh, Life Matters. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. A pleasure to be here. So Megan, first of all, what did you think of Brian's story? 
Oh, it was fantastic. Very, uh, very inspiring. Kudos to that family for making such a big decision and for doing everything that they do. Now, I have to imagine that within this pandemic, the changes that are happening around us regardless, and the fact that we've got an aging population, a lot of people are really thinking about their life, what matters, what path them on. Are you seeing that as with people coming into your, your world? To a lot of people, it feels like the world has flipped upside down. Whatever plan they were on seems to be on hold or seems to be a little bit deviated. So it gets people to stop and rethink, okay, what is next for me? And it's the perfect time for us to come in as experts and to help them, you know, become a little bit more comfortable and to put their minds at ease and understand that it's okay to change your plan. It's okay to pivot, but make sure that you act on it and don't wait too long because you don't want to delay your goals and your passions, right? You know, we talk about the lack of financial literacy, that not that many people have a solid plan. Is it because they haven't spent enough time animating their dream and their desired destination, so therefore they don't have the same motivation to say that's worth planning for and that's worth delivering on? Absolutely. I think we are so busy, somewhat on autopilot, that we often forget to put ourselves first. We really do forget about what's most important to us, and we don't make enough time to really plan for what is Uh, our priority and what is important to our well-being and our happiness. We call it our financial wellness and health. So it is really, really imperative that people take that time. They often think that this is a a subject matter or an area of their life that they can kind of push aside or delay, or it's it's okay, that can wait. But this really important area of of your well-being is going to set the tone for everything else. You know, we want to make sure that you're able to comfortably afford the things that you want to attain and you want to work towards. One of my motivations for doing this show, all the negative energy, pushing us in back feet. We're feeling insecure, uncertain, life's impossible. When you're in that way, when you're feeling those emotions, it's very easy to react, make a major life changing decision like Brian did. But not all of us have Brian's resources. What's your advice to people that are looking to do that change so that they know that their heart's front and center, but at the same time, they've dotted the I's and crossed the T's so that their dream can become a reality. Absolutely. I, I think it's a very natural human reaction right now when we feel very uh, restrained. We feel like we do not have so much control over our lives right now because we feel like we're in limbo because of the, the environment that we're in. And so people feel that they can take control. I, I find from our conversations, we feel that this is one area where we can you know, make a difference and change and be interesting and co- create excitement by making really big decisions. But it's, it's very important that we don't lose sight of our long-term vision. You know, we can't always think in the moment and plan short-term when it comes to reprioritizing our life and managing our finances. We really do have to pause and breathe and think about the next five to 10 years and sort of the ripple effect that our decisions now can make. And consider, will you be happy five to 10 years from now from with this decision, if things change again, 
in this current environment, it feels like the right decision sometimes to act drastically. And it might be the right decision for some people to make these these big moves and grand uh, changes in their life. But this is where we have to stop and ask the questions and help our clients reevaluate. It's not our decision to make. It's ultimately the guest and the client. But our job as an advisor is to advise. It's very important that we ask these questions. It's not meant to impose. It's not meant to be nosy, but it's really meant to help get you thinking. So Megan, when you go home at the end of the day and someone says, how was your day? How would you describe an incredible day work? An incredible day of work to me is hearing the stories from my team at Experience about how they were able to get the guests to rethink what's important to them. Because of the energy you spoke of, people are kind of going day by day and just kind of living you know, in the moment and seeing what's next. And it's it's very hard right now for, we find for the world to think ahead because we don't know what the future looks like. It's very gray right now, as we call it. So a great day for me is when at the end of the day, my team of advisors and leaders have amazing stories to tell me about interactions they've had where they've sparked curiosity. They've inspired the guests to think about what, what excites them and even have a really in-depth and meaningful conversation and advice conversation about their their passions, their goals, and set out on a plan for it, you know, and not be kind of sitting in limbo and that they actually still feel driven and motivated to plan towards their goals. That is important to me, given the current environment, especially now. Megan Newman, experience manager for RBC Experience. I can understand why you're in the role. I know that if I'm making a life-changing decision, you'll be the first person I call. Thank you for joining Life Matters. Thank you so much, Tony. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Matters, where I chat with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Next week, to celebrate Remembrance Day, we're going to chat with Kyle Davidson, who served over in Afghanistan, got blown up twice, suffered brain trauma, has come back to Canada, and he's dedicating his life to helping other vets who've served overseas and haven't come back as healthy as we'd like. Tony Chapman, Life Matters. We'll chat soon. Life Matters with Tony Chapman has been a presentation of RBC. You can also hear a brand new episode every Friday across your iHeartRadio Canada talk network.